many of the great warriors just wept right after the battle. Many of their friends were dead, you know, limbs missing, death was all around them. They would cry and purge and get it out on the battlefield and lay it all out. It was a, okay. It was an honor to cry. It was a, it was a, it was a thing that they needed to get out of their system instead of holding on to that. That's a beautiful, positive warrior. It's okay to cry. It's okay to get it out. In fact, it's, it's necessary. We've got to be able to get it out no matter what, how big the battle is that we're fighting. My name is Johnny Elsasser, and I'm a former Special Operations U.S. Army Ranger and Tactical Commander to the U.S. Ambassador's Protective Detail. I have seen the struggle even the most hardened men have faced when they combat their inner demons, and I am here to shine a light on those struggles to show that no man is exempt from adversity and internal pain. Men from all walks of life share their stories of hardship, darkness, and perseverance so that every man knows that whatever he is going through, he is not alone. Evolution for men begins now. This is a Soul Fire production. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Art of Masculinity. I have probably one of my favorite people on this planet as a special guest today. And I've been trying to get him on here forever. And he's been ducking me like a freaking professional <laughs> boxer. No, just kidding. He is a very busy man. So I am so honored to have him on the show. AJ Yeager, what is going on, brother? Baby, thank you for having me on. Of course, I'm so honored to be here with you. And I just love hanging out with you since the first time we met. It was, it was pretty much a bromance right off the bat. Oh, yeah, 100%. And it's like we have such a deep connection. Uh, one, just I think soulfully as brothers. But number two, our history really aligns itself to one another because we grew up in the same town, went to the same, I believe, junior high and high school. <laughs> no, wait, oh, I thought it was elementary and... and Not elementary. It elementary? It was, I think it was junior high because did you go to Tanaya? Junior high. Okay. Yeah. I went to Tanaya and then Bullard. Yep. Yep. And then I was at Bullard. Okay. So that was it. Okay. Yeah. And then I got grew it. Well, up, where'd you go to elementary then? Oh, uh, it was a place called Slater Elementary. It was kind of on like the more south side of town. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I don't know that. <laughs> no, no. But uh, but then I grew up with your brother, uh, and Brandon, and your right. sister was also, I think, uh, one or two grades. Or no, was she the same grade? They're the same. They're that's twins. Right. Yeah, yeah right. they're the twins. So they were the same grade. Yeah. Right. And I knew your sister. I wasn't as close to her, but I was close, pretty close to Brandon because I knew all the volleyball dudes. And uh, that was pretty right. funny. So you were a few grades ahead of us. Didn't actually know you in high school, but in a way the universe works, we met in Austin through a good friend of ours staying yeah. at the same house and then came across all this information. Oh my God. We were in the kitchen, I think, talking, bro, out for, I don't know, I felt like hours, yeah. <laughs> but it was so much fun. Yeah, it yeah. was a blast. Oh, it's, a, it's been a good time. Like, like I've learned so much from you. I've loved the podcast. I've loved your book, everything that's been you've been doing, like thank you for all the work you've been doing. I first want to say that I acknowledge you because I love you, and I got your book right over there on the on the desk. I appreciate that, brother. And likewise, man, you teach me every time we talk. I learn wisdom from you. You're such a brilliant source. From and I want to. This is what I really want to open up the door here for a little bit about you. But you're such a brilliant source of business and wisdom and empathy and that balance of masculine. And you hold the you hold the feminine when it needs to be held. You, you've done a great job incorporating all of that as a man in your life. And so I can't wait to open up this conversation for other men to hear. But let's start a little bit about your journey as, you know, I mean, as an entrepreneur um, in business and then kind of even converting now into supporting 
you know, men and women, I know you do both through, through some therapy that you've learned, the practice that you've learned to, or hypnosis. That's right. Hypnosis therapy that you've learned. So let's dive a little bit into this, how the entrepreneurship journey started for you and then how you've come to this place. Oh, great. I love telling this story. Um, so it started when I was really young. Um, I, my grandfather, my, 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 my mom's side of the family, his name is Gideon D. Hill Jr. And uh, the, the quick kind of summary of it is that when I was a young, young kid, I was like nine or 10 years old. Um, uh, you know, I, I knew that I had a wonderful family. My mom and dad, you know, were, were, were married and happily married. My grandmother and grandfather were together. I had a beautiful upbringing. I had a beautiful um, structure to, to evolve in as a child. I was very supported. I did know that if I wanted something, if I wanted to go get something cool, like I had this magazine, I don't know if you ever remember the Crutchfield magazine. Mm-hmm. It was more of an, maybe an East coast thing, but they would get mailed out kind of like the Sears catalogs. Okay. But it was like a little, it was thinner. And I found a, a stereo in there. Like it was like a boom box with awesome ultra bass and it had a CD deck and all this kind of stuff. I wanted this CD thing. I love technology even early, early on. And so I knew if I went to mom and dad, they would put me to work doing chores, right? Like <laughs> no kid really wants to do chores. So I decided I want to put a little childhood persuasion to work. I want to go to Mimi and pop up my grandparents and say, Hey, I want to get this stereo. So I had the magazine all laid out. I had circled and highlighted all the cool features and benefits and why I thought they were something I needed. So I went to, I went to pop up and this was back when we lived in Delaware uh, on the East coast. And I went to my grandfather. He was sitting on his like beautiful leather chair out in his like little patio area. And I was kind of nervous, but I went up to him and I said, pop up. I, w- I want to get this stereo. And he took the magazine and took a look at it and, and he was reflecting. It took a moment and he paused and he didn't just, what I love is that he didn't just say, oh yeah, let's get that for you. Let's go ahead and order it. He always, uh, not just made me work about it, but maybe think about why I want it. What, what's important about this? You know, he, he would exercise some discipline in, in teaching me things, but in his mind, and I want to just pause that memory and go back two weeks, two weeks previous. When he, when I was just hanging around his house, he was cleaning his office. He had a huge office from floor to ceiling, books. Wow. I mean, the whole thing was filled. And I would just go in there as a curious kid, and he was cleaning. He had some, he had some jazz on. He loved his Glenn Miller. Uh, he loved his old school jazz, and he was just cleaning. I was just observing him, and I was like, "Pop up, why do you have so many books?" Just curious kid. And why are some of them the same? Meaning I was looking at like the encyclopedias. He had a bunch of different like, oh, yeah. like encyclopedia sets, you know. Not just like the Western series, the the regular encyclopedias, the, the these other scientific books, and so he thought, hmm, interesting. He said, "Well, come here, sit down with me." So for the next two hours, he had pulled books out of his bookshelf. We're sitting down on a couch, and if you can imagine a scene with a wisdomatic grandfather and a kid curious of for, with questions, he just sat there and said, "Look, these are the books that I read to become more successful. These are the books I become to be a better husband, uh, a better father." and he just shared with me and, and somehow my, my attention span lasted about that long. <laughs> but after that, you know, it, it was a moment, like usually my attention span was gone um, as a kid, but you know, something magic happened to that day. So when I brought that magazine to my grandfather said, I want this stereo. It was my first, he saw it as a goal, something I really, really wanted to get. He said, okay, I'll make you a deal. I will buy you a stereo better that stereo or one better than that, if you do a a little program with me. He said, AJ, do you remember back when you were looking at those books with me? I said, yeah, of course. He said, well, if you will read a book, listen to an audio, an audio book series, or um, 
or watch a video on something I give you for 30 to 40 minutes a day, and then write down two paragraphs about what you learned that day. At the end of the week, we'll review your information. And if you do that with me for a week, I will buy you that stereo. Wow. Now, my little 10-year-old brain just heard yes. <laughs> right? It was a yes. I'll make you a deal. So we shook on it, but I had no concept of that time. No. I just heard I didn't have to go do chores. Awesome. Well, what that did was start a, a grand journey outside of school, uh, outside of um, outside of school, outside of sports, outside of all the extra playing with the kids in the, you know, in the, in the, in the, um, uh, in the yard or, or whatever. It just created a, what's the word I'm looking for? It created like this supplemental business, um, self-development Kaizen program, something that I had dedicated to do for a year. 30 to 45 minutes a day. That was it. And as we're talking Dennis Waitley, like psychology of winning, uh, William Danforth's I Dare You, Napoleon Hill, Thinking Grow Rich, some of the early Tony Robbins stuff, like Pop-Up's whole library. He would just give me these things. And I was 10 years old and, and sometimes I couldn't read them all you know, on my own, but, but I liked the audios more. My mom and dad would remind me, hey, did you do 30 to 45 minutes today? And so it became a thing that I started. And it was like a, this self-development program, this higher education behind my education that was going on that he challenged me to. And I'm, I'm here to say, like, I actually did it. I, I achieved it. We continued doing that. And he became just this mentor for me over time. And so, so I got my stereo. I achieved my first goal. And he was just incredible. And that really started the journey of entrepreneurship because he gave me books on, you know, how would I make money early instead of going to get a job? I started little, little small businesses and I've always been an entrepreneur. So that started a whole different... Um, a journey in my life. And so I'm so thankful for my grandfather for that, uh, for that amazing lesson. That's friggin' beautiful, man. Like that is really cool. And it also shows a testament to like where your soul was at the time was that it was appealing to, yeah, there was a little bit of motivation, but to stick with something like that to an extent that it probably wasn't super easy for you to read at 10 years old either um, when you were reading. And so it was like, that's really cool to see that connection and and also enough respect for him to want to do that, right? And to latch onto that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was really powerful. It was, yeah, it was like there was times where some of the stuff I didn't understand, but but also knowing what I know now about the unconscious mind, it didn't matter. It was just at least I wasn't just watching TV or doing these things. Right. No matter what, when we're children, zero to that around that 10 years old, we're all in theta wave. We're all like sponges. We're in, we're being coded every moment. Children are just open to receiving everything from the world. My grandfather knew that. My new grandfather knew there was an opportunity here to take a young, young kid and that he loves so much and to help do something different and just lead him. And somehow my grandfather, like I, I don't have him around anymore. It's been about nine, it's almost been nine years since he's passed. Somehow he was that guy that was, no matter what I was going through in my life, he had something figured out for me. He had an article for me to read. He had a new, a new. Um, I don't know if you ever remember Nightingale Conant, like the old series of Nightingale Conant, like uh, audio tapes and no. stuff. Like this is back then when, when, when before the internet, before the internet really blew up and everything, it was like these um, big CD, CD or cassette tape courses that he would buy from Nightingale Conant. Okay, and so he would just always have one. Hey, here's the next thing. Um, here's how to focus better. Here's how to do creative thinking. He would always like be ahead of me somehow. And it was just a blessing. So that was my upbringing outside of my wonderful parents and all that. I'm so blessed to have had a great upbringing, but I had this supplemental program that got me into business and into sports and how to 
think better and how to communicate with better and how to start businesses. So that's, that's the kind of background here to lay the foundation for you. That's wild, dude. Cause you are, you're such a, you're such a good entrepreneur. You and I have had a lot of conversations and I, I pay attention to nuances and you've just done so much in the entrepreneurial space. And it's really cool to watch. It's cool to know the story of what started you there. So now you've kind of, you've taken businesses, you've sold businesses, which is huge. That's what, that's what everybody's trying to do, right? They want to create something that they can then right. sell and, and make m- more money off of in a lot of ways. And then now you've, you've started to really have a passion to deeply, deeply help people. And you have such a giving heart, a giving soul, and you, decided to get highly educated in hypnotherapy. And then you started to open your coaching business to do this. What was the provocation one to do that? And then what is, um, what's kind of like the biggest thing you're enjoying right now of having that business flourishing? Awesome. Awesome questions. Um, okay. I'll, I'll go, I'm going to go backwards a little bit and start earlier. So in this self-development program, my grandfather, um, that got me into that got me going down the realm of like, early on. So around 18 years old was when I had my first, I was being trained as a coach. So I went to NLP training, neuro linguistic yeah, yeah. programming. Yep. I was the youngest person in the room. My grandfather was the oldest. Wow. <laughs> we went to a, a, a program um, and I started learning these techniques super early. And people were like, what? Who's this kid? Who's this child that's you know attending this? But I had already listened to a bunch of the audios and stuff. And I got exposed to neurolinguistic programming, some hypnosis back then, just the psychology of winning. How do you think about what's going on under the, under the hood? Meaning like what's the issue is never the issue. Like there's, there's this thing called the unconscious. There's these emotions. Like how does all this stuff work? Unfortunately, in school, we're taught what to think, not how to think. We aren't taught how to use what we're given, which is, which is a big, big, big uh, struggle, right? Like we're not, we're not given an instruction manual. So I loved this um, alternative learning behind the scenes because I'm learning more about my brain, learning more about my body, learning more about motions at an early age. And so early on, I was started, I did a coach's training institute with Rich Fetke um, a long time ago. Uh, I took in the bones coaching. Like I did a lot of coaching stuff early on. So I've been a coach naturally just because I think it's something that I'm great at doing is I, I love holding sacred space for people. That's the number one thing is just being able to hold sacred space create a container of vulnerability and create a tra- container of trust and just be a balance of the masculine and feminine so that no matter who I'm working on, they can feel comfortable to open up and do the shadow work and, and let things go. So, so early on, I started very, very early with people. And in between businesses I started, I was always doing coaching practice. So I've always been a coach. I just, it was at certain points, it was so hard to do different things, right? You just got like, okay, I'm going to focus on one thing at a time and you learn how to do that. So I had great successes. And I've also had some great failures. And I learned a lot from my failures and I grew, grew a lot from those, but I've always consistently been a coach. And that's one thing I'm super proud of. But now since we, since we've met, I just, I had the download from the universe was like, look, your Dharma is to be a coach, be a fantastic world-class coach, do what you're doing. You still start businesses, but like continue doing this. So for the first time I've really said like, you know, I, I'm ready for this. I want to just be a one-on-one coach doing group coaching and doing some amazing events around the world. That's the kind of way that I want to help people do the work, have fun, be playful, connect with their authentic selves and and let go of the stuff that's just just blocking them from being their their best self. So that's that's kind of like the mission I'm on right now. That's the dharma I'm here to wake up every day, every day and do. I've created sacred space in my room in my coaching room 
here I'll do, I'll work with people in, in person. I'll work with people uh, online like this most of the time, but it's like, it's literally so much fun for me to help people go into the unconscious mind, go into the super conscious and see what's going on under the hood so that we can tune things up. And I, this all comes from the belief of like, no one's broken. There's nothing I need to fix. We don't need to be fixed. Nobody needs to be fixed. There's just some things that have happened since we were born and maybe even before we were born that become blocks to us being who we really are, that block the Shakti flowing through our body and through our lives. And there can be a lot of traumatic, small traumatics, big traumatic events that that, um, create these boulders, these things that get stuck in our body. And so the better and the sooner we can start letting go of these things and um, uh, helping people find that love and that joy and that authentic self, I think the better. So I'm here for impact. And you and I talked a lot about this is like the reason we're doing this, our big mission is like, we have a big why. We really want to drive impact. We really want to help people through the men and women, right? It's uh, something that ties you and I together really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and and that has been really cool to watch you transition into this phase. And then also to hear, like, I know you energetically, like in person, I know even speaking to you through a computer, like I know the space that you hold for people. So I know the impact you're having. You've messaged me that like, dude, it's going great. Like, I love hearing that. And so to feel that like success in this transition for helping people. And then what was it like to really incorporate? Because this is one thing that's very scary for people. What was it like to incorporate hypnosis on top of that expansion of coaching? Because you you do that really well, because you've ran me through the process. Yeah. Uh, hypnosis was because it's something that I've had like, yeah, three different certifications on since I was like, yeah, 20 something. I've always felt it be, be a very comfortable place to go into the unconscious mind, to go into these different deeper levels. Um, and the word hypnosis, I think some people are like, Ooh, I've heard about that. I want to do that. And others are like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be controlled. I don't want to be on stage clucking like yeah. a chicken, all this stuff. There's yeah. a lot of misnomers. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of myths out yeah. there about stuff. People go to Vegas. There's a lot of cool shows. Yeah, There's a lot of psychology. There's a lot of persuasion and unconscious manipulation that can be done. So many of the things you learn from NLP or many of the things that people learn from uh, uh, hypnosis and all that, I believe we, we've got to have that um, ethical, do it out of love, do it, all, do it out of um, joy, do it out of really helping people because there are people out there that can use this for the wrong reasons. Um, but I, I come from love and light and that's all I'm going to hold that space for. And so hypnosis is such a great tool. I'm a performance coach. Overall, I've been a a life coach, business coach, all that. I've had the different titles, but I I like performance because I really am here to help people um, perform better in all areas of their lives. Not just make money, be successful. Performance is about, I'm saying I'm going to go do something. I'm going to go do it to the best of my ability. And that can be on the physical, emotional level, um, relationships, finance, career, whatever that is. So I love working with people that are like already ready to go, but like maybe they're stuck. Maybe there's cycles that are happening in their life, patterns that keep showing up. Like, oh, I thought I was over this thing. This thing keeps happening. Um, Or depression, anxiety, imposter syndrome. And no matter what entrepreneur, what level of entrepreneur I'm working with, some have made multi, multi millions, way more than I have, billions. They can still have imposter syndrome at at, at that point. It's all relative. It all just, it just depends on where people are at and what their stuff is they're dealing with. So hypnosis is simply one of the best tools that I've used. I've, I've learned and I've seen with data proof. And I've, as an entrepreneur, I own a data company with my wife. So I'm very much like the emotional side, but also I bring in this data side 
of that, which I think is really cool because emotions are simply data points. That's it. I tell people like, you know, we've got to learn that, that about emotions here, but like, it's just data. It's just information coming to you. It doesn't mean when you're feeling guilt or shame that that's you. It's just a feeling. It's a gift saying, oh, there's something here to process. There's something here we need to work. We need to work on this, this AJ, this lower self, as well as my higher self, AJ. We've got to work on this. We get to process this. Where is this coming from? What memory is this stemming from? So it's, I think it's really fun to use hypnosis as a tool to get deeper in uh, to the unconscious. So one, one thing is like talk therapy is wonderful for some people. I've, I've never really done it, but I have a lot of clients that have. And there was a, there was a, um, a research study and I can, we can post it in the, the, the notes. This is a number of years ago. I think it was like a thousand or, or more people from different walks of life. And they compared hypnotherapy to talk therapy, regular talk therapy. And in 600 sessions of talk therapy, 600 sessions, that's a, that's a lot of sessions. Um, they had about a 38% improvement or results compared to hypnotherapy in only six sessions, 93% improvement or results. Very, very different dramatic way about going about it. Doesn't mean anything bad about talk therapy. Just means if you want to get to things faster, if you want to really heal things faster and process things faster, I've just seen this tool mixed with different NLP techniques and mixed with different things that just come through my practice. Um, they work and they get results. And, and I can see people shifting. I get text messages all week from different clients, like having breakthroughs. And that's what I love. That's why I love. That's what gets me excited every single week. I know this stuff works. I've seen it, done it thousands of times, and I continue doing this. So, um, so hypnotherapy is, is a beautiful tool mixed with everything else I've learned from my life. It just kind of, you know, encompass everything. So that's, that's just me as a coach. I think hopefully that answers your question. No, it does beautifully because like I've talked about it a lot on the podcast about how like, you know, epigenetics, if we look at the subconscious, the powerful nature of the subconscious being a million times more powerful than our prefrontal cortex. And what you're doing is you're going into that million times more powerful operating system and you're doing the rewiring. So the person may not experience the change that day or the next day or the third day, but a week or two weeks or three weeks later, all of a sudden they're seeing all this change happen in their life because you've gone to the internal processing system under the hood that's operating way more powerful than that prefrontal, prefrontal cortex. And you guys are creating the work that is desired to be done in that area, which is special. And I love that that's what you're doing and opening people up to that. Yeah, I think in the society we're in, the a lot we're trained to be so cerebral up here in the prefrontal cortex. We're we're meant to say, oh, everything needs to go through our mind. We got to think of everything through. We're in such a cognitive world, and that's a lot of like beta beta um, uh, level of wavelength. Um, alpha is a beautiful space. Theta is a beautiful space. Delta is when we're sleeping. Um, but I think that a lot of people just go from beta to delta, and and they're going to go through those different places. But meditation. Um, when I keep having caffeine, I mean, I'm drinking caffeine today just because I don't have any hypnotherapy sessions today, but caffeine, Netflix, people are staying up in beta. They're being controlled and being manipulated and all this data is going through instead of getting to those quieter places where we can reprogram. And so we've got to learn how to have these, this different way of going about things. But I think some people are so cerebral, they forget how important the heart and the gut are. They forget to connect with spirit that we are, we are, we are, um, we are uh, spiritual beings having a physical experience here. I'm not this AJ in this body. I'm not this lowercase self. I'm higher self AJ behind this body, this avatar that I get to be in this cool spacesuit I have. And I'm here on earth being able to express myself. And so what I like to do is like, yeah, we're going to work with the unconscious mind. 
We're also, I've done training with the superconscious, or we can call that higher self. How do we, how do we connect lower self with higher self? And in the sessions, not just do unconscious work, um, where we're looking to, we're aiming to get to the very source, the root cause of whatever's going on. So if it's somebody who's having uh, major guilt about X, Y, Z, then we're going to go backwards to the very, very source. And this is what the one-on-one work that I do. Like with group group sessions, you can do only so much. Like with, when you do like recordings, like download, you know, self hypnosis. These are wonderful. They're they're made to be more main spread and reach a lot of people, and they're beautiful. People doing some great work out there. But until you get to the one on one, till you can work with somebody like myself or somebody else who's trained and really good, that's when you can get that customized customized journey, and you're working with somebody outside of yourself so that you can they can help point out the stuff that is invisible and hidden from you where there's an invisible there's there's a um yeah it's just invisible it's hidden we've got to be able to cut through that with a sword to get to the truth and sometimes that can be dark, hard that's that shadow work that has been hidden there a lot of times people call the unconscious mind um the shadow work that just this is the all the stuff people don't want to talk about and they want to deal with well yeah it's it's the process and, uh carl young talks about it as that's the process yeah. as we progress and mature as adults you know, when you're a child, yep. you progress, mature and develop through experience. But as adults, we end up having to confront the shadows to end up have that progression and that transition and growth in life. And that's where people fear. You're, you're right on many times. And I'll, I'll, I'll be one to honest, I'm honest uh, um, experience here. And I'm working with my six-year-old self, my inner child, six-year-old, and I'm 41 years old now. There's a couple of times I've had to go back and work with my six-year-old because there's been an imprinting at an unconscious level that I didn't realize, even out of the, all the work I'm doing, still at 41, you know, just a few months ago, I realized that there's something that was not healed with a part of me at a young age. And that's what's so beautiful about this work. You can think, oh, I've done all the work. I'm done. No, you're not done. Yeah. <laughs> you're not done. You're never done. You keep going. More stuff comes up. You're never really done. We're yeah. here having a human experience. And, and yeah, we're looking to ascend and, and, and evolve. There are very, very few people that can say that they've actually done all the stuff and they've, they've, gotten to a high level. But let's just say, like, I'm just here to admit, I do this work all the time. I work with other people on myself all the time. And there's still stuff that comes up. And it's like, wow, God, I got to love on my six-year-old self. I got to go back and make sure he doesn't feel abandoned. I got to make sure he feels love. I got to make sure he understands this and that. And then I go and group all my internal uh, inner children together. And I'll have sessions where I'm just walking hand in hand with all my zero to 10 AJs. And we're having a good time. And we're playing with puppies and we're doing all this stuff. I love to work with the inner child because there's so much of us that show up as adults and we think we're showing up as an adult or showing up in the conversations or the fight with our wife or the whatever as a child. So we've got to go love on that child. We got to figure out what's the root cause of this? Why is this child showing up through me now? And what's, let's tie that to the memory. So we're going to go back and recode all these things and then time and time and space doesn't matter. When you go and have that conversation with that inner child and you're switching and giving them a hug and loving on them and really help them recode and understand what actually happened back then, mm-hmm. everything else has a ripple effect forward. It's amazing how things can show up. So you were saying it may not happen in that instant, but in that instant, what we're doing is we're recoding that thing in a day later, a week later, whatever, it shows up for someone in a way they're like, wow, I'm not triggered by that anymore. That's so weird. Or my mom usually triggers me when we get on the phone and she said these things. I'm like, huh, doesn't matter anymore. It's so funny how people are like, now I see the result. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's, that's what it, that's what life can be like. Great. Yeah. So that's the proof that that's the ROI. Yeah. It's so powerful, man. And there, there's so much to it that I think men need to realize there's a lot. 
they hate they hate to sit there and say that they're a child right any guy does but you you are and majority of men are acting that way and it's like until we can go back and start to play in that realm of healing where the wounds started of healing where the experiences started that are in, in causing us to behave a certain way until we go back and talk to that per, that version of ourselves it, it, we're unable to really progress through that and then with this this causes and correct me if i'm wrong but this causes that suppression of emotions and suppression of feelings and identity and things like that. Right. Yeah, it does. It really does. You're, you're so right on. And like you put out such great content, man, you're like hitting the, the nail on the head so much with men. And I think men, men in and of ourselves, we have not been taught this stuff just like women haven't. And we have a totally different way of processing things. And we do need to realize like we still are little boys. And on one side, I really love to, encourage men to find that playful self play like a little boy again like fuck it there's so many guys that take such things so seriously and their ego is so big and strong that they're just trying to have this big mask of this big grandiose man where it's like just be a kid like have fun be playful bring that playful loving side of you that's authentic and that is like going to be joy and realize that there are other parts of you other inner children versions of you that may have things that are unaddressed or things that happened with mom and dad that, I mean, many times people are carrying things for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And it's that emotion or that programming was never even theirs in the first place. And that can be hard. That can be gut-wrenching to realize I lived my life this long without addressing something that was not even mine. You know, people are given things in the womb. So the sooner we can do this work and the sooner that men and women could just say, look, it's okay if there's pain, if there's suffering, if I'm hurt, if there's just stuff going on here, but I'm telling you what, the light at the end of the tunnel, the, the other side of going into and leaning into with somebody you can trust, somebody you, that'll hold you through this, the light at the end of the tunnel is way, way, way better than continuing to hold on to the dis-ease that can grow in your body by not dealing with the fears, the sadness the guilt, the shame, all that stuff that can stack up and people are starting to feel it. And there's a lot of very, very healthy people out there that go and do magnificent jobs, um, 5Ks, 10Ks, the, the Ragnar races, the whatever, the Spartan races and all that. There's some people out there that are incredibly beautifully healthy on the outside and on the inside. That physical self, that part of them is shriveled up, skinny in the corner and scared. So, so we've got to get those parts aligned. We've got to get people and men like understanding, Hey, it's just a little bit of activity to go explore the depths of who you are and go into the past, even though it may be a little bit scary and we can face that courageously and then really heal those parts and then start and start to see them change and shift. And that's what's, that's a beautiful process. And it's, it's easier said than done, but you got to find somebody to go do this work with. And I, I think where I, I'm different as I'm ready to hop like Band of Brothers. I love that show. Band of Brothers, like that show back in the day that Tom Hanks and uh, whoever else did. Like I'll jump in the, tr I'm in the trenches. You and me, you know this, you went through the military, you're a ranger. I want to jump in the trenches. We're going to be there in the shit together and let's go through it together and let's get out together. Let's have each other's back and let's go through it. Sometimes it can be like that. We got to get in the trenches and do their hard, dirty work. But this hard, dirty work at this point is going to create a new foundation for a, for a life that is going to be, I like to say, a path of least resistance. We don't have to work so damn hard. And one of the, one of the uh, kind of metaphors I like to uh, say is like, have you, by the way, have you ever, Johnny, been in a hot air balloon? Yeah. So 
you know, with hot air balloon that you go early in the morning, right? Usually it's early in the morning. They pull out the, the balloon, like they lay it out and they get those big ass fans, right? And so there's a whole process to getting this thing going and the fans like get the air up there so it can fill up enough to then they've got the basket and they tie down the basket and then they, they kind of tip it over and they get the fire propane or whatever it is, you know, to, to get it up. And once they get the, the, the hot air balloon up, everybody wants to pile in. And this hot air balloon that's ready to go represents people's 90 day game plan. Here's my new vision for my life. Here's like the coach saying, yeah, go get it. You're going to go crush it. Like hustle, hustle, hustle. Let's go. The American dream. Like, let's go, let's go crush it. And they start pulling on that thing, wanting to go. Like, all right, we're going to go to our dreams that way. I want to go this way. That's the conscious mind saying, I'm going to go choose these goals and go crush it over here. What happens? What did they forget to do? When they're doing that, they forgot to take off the tethers of the hot air, of, of, of the, of the, of the wicker basket. So if you can imagine trying to go somewhere, it's going to be scraping along the, the ground. It's going to be a path of ridiculous resistance. And so instead of like getting the basket, let's go. It's like, let's get in the basket and let's say, what are the tethers that are holding me back right now in this present moment that I haven't dealt with? What are those tethers that if I let go of, if I let go of these things, it can be a path of least resistance. We can just float up and let the world take us, let the, let the air take us, the wind take us, let life take us where we want to go. So I like to relate it to the hot air balloon. What I'm going to do, what I help do, and what other coaches do is like, we need to let go of those tethers one by one. And sometimes it is shadow work. Sometimes it's just going back to some traumatic events. Sometimes it's the inner child stuff. It just, just depends. But if we let go of those tethers one by one, now in this present moment, that makes it easier for us in this present moment to choose the new identity we're going to step into. So let's let go of the stuff first, instead of just say, oh, no, no, don't worry about that. I'm just going to go this way and, and that's not going to you know, expect me. No, it's going to follow you. It's going to stay there no matter where you go. So let's remove the tethers. That's what we're talking about right now is removing the tethers for men and women so that we can step into our authentic self and not have that stuff being weighed down. Now, as we go into our life more moving forward, life does happen and stuff does happen. So we have to maintain, mm. we have to clean our unconscious mind. We have to keep letting go of those tethers as we go. So hopefully that, that helped that metaphor helps a little bit. It does. And, and I want to relate it to a place of like where I've found myself. And I know you, you deeply are passionate about this as well. But like when you look at this, it's so funny because I've, I've gotten a lot of conversations on masculinity and kind of the, the, um, I would almost say the, the ancestral ties to masculinity. And when we talk about that, we, we don't realize that a lot of the masculine figures we look up to and cultures that we look up to did a lot of this processing through the integration of belief in their own spiritual side, their own gods, the respective to those things. And so when I started to research this a lot, because I was getting a lot of these conversations, I had a great conversation with Jack Donovan about this. And we started getting into this. I started to look more into some of the old ancestral tribes that many men look up to that they're like, Oh yeah, those dudes were badass. Like that's the, they'll well, sh wear shirts of it and stuff. And you're like, bro, but you don't practice this stuff. So like, I'm like, man, when we really look at these guys from these old cultures, we look at how well balanced they became by really diving into the shadows, at least what we know of. And I want you, cause I know you, I know you have a lot of information on this, but I want you to enlighten my, me and, and the listeners. One of the cultures I've really dove into and highly respect. I know you are very much in this 
was is the Viking culture and how these men were actually way more balanced than what people believe. And it transcends to it. The, the Romans were this way. The Greeks, the samurai were this way. But the Vikings were just thought of to be these barbarians, but yet they were so balanced in this. And, and I bring this in because that shadow work is what I believe in some form or way of that they existed. These men were tackling that growth in themselves as a culture, as a tribe. So I want to dive into this a little bit because men look to these men as the identity of what a real man is. Let's look to that culture a little bit. Let's dive into that a little bit. Where did you see this um, from your teachings, from your practices and understandings? How have you seen this from the old ways where they, as a community, they all kind of did this shadow work and spiritual growth? Oh, dude, this is such a fun topic. I'm so glad you brought this up. <laughs> this is going to be so fun. So I, I, there's so many places to start on that. I think that what I want to frame first from that is something that I've been really, really thinking a lot on, meditating a lot on, and it's been coming through is, is the thought of the positive warrior, which can transcend all the different areas, like the positive warrior. Let me, let me state that the positive warrior, the mission is to protect and defend in service to a higher ideal. To protect and defend in service to a higher ideal, to, to, to fight for sacred space for each of us, not just in, in our lives, but for other people as well, in our businesses and in my coaching sessions, are we have sacred space, you and I right now. We're we're in this space together. The positive warrior. And you can look at any of those past uh Roman, Viking, the, the English, the the Christianity spreading. There's a lot of raping and pillaging and a lot of lot of negativity stuff. There's always that in the different um uh stories and and, and everything that happened. But I think people Vikings specifically don't have the accurate picture because now I do love Vikings. I love all the TV shows. I love all the movies, like love that stuff. And let's be real. They're not all accurate. They're they're They've Hollywood Hollywoodized this. The Vikings, despite what you see online, loved to be clean. They loved to have their beautiful, their hair combed. They have they look like you, man. You're this gorgeous man sitting over here with your hair waving all over. I'm trying to get my hair growing like yours. But like they were beautiful. They loved to take care of themselves. They loved to smell good. They loved to have nice jewelry. The true Vikings, the, the Vic, Viking Viking water people is what they're called. Water people. They were travelers. They were, they were adventurers. Yes, there were times for battle. Yes, they loved to, 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 to divide and conquer. And, and they, there were times they had to do that. But they weren't these beastly barbarians that people make them out to be. Were there sects or groups that were probably more barbarian than the others? Sure. We, we, we don't know. There's a lot of stuff that's not recorded about the Vikings, unfortunately. And towards the end of the Viking period, um, unfortunately, the Christians who were better at recording things changed the stories for, for their own benefit or, or, you know, told stories from their perspective only. So we, there's still a lot of historians putting things together and, and I'm staying on top of as many articles as I can when I discover new things. It's really cool that they're finding out a lot more. But what I found is beautiful about the positive warrior is that, and about the Vikings is that they have this beautiful balance of masculine and feminine energy. I really believe that there's a lot of great programs out there for men and women these days, and none of them really resonate. I've gone to tons of events, tons of masterminds. I've done a lot of the, the work and there's some th things I haven't seen or experienced, but I'm like, 
for me, I want to go back to the primal wisdom, the ancient wisdom that might have been forgotten or only very, very few people hold, because I think they had a lot of things figured out back then that we don't practice at all today that have been forgotten or been laid over with all the new principles and stuff. There's been a lot of forgotten ancient wisdom. So that's why I want to go back to the Vikings and learn. And that's why you and I have been having these great conversations on Vikings and why I've pulled that into my coaching, pulled it into my life with my own rituals, with my own runes, with my own studies of the magic and the wisdom from the Vikings to help with the positive warrior. Hey, everyone want to take a quick second here and let you know about my new book, Design the Man Within. It is all about getting the everyday man the tools he needs to start becoming a better version of himself, but also becoming a man who loves himself and impacts the people around him positively. Go ahead to designthemanwithin.com and get your copy today. I am very proud of this book and it was the book I needed years ago when I started my journey. And so I hope that it can be that door opening book for every man out there to start his own personal journey with tools and tips that I've used to help grow through some of the darkest times in my life to become somebody who looks at the man in the mirror and loves who he sees. So make sure you head over to designthemanwithin.com and get your copy today. Yeah. And that's beautiful. I love that you expose this positive word because I think that like, and, and kind of the background of the Vikings that I, you know, I didn't even know you, you educated me when you told me that I was like, no, no shit, man. I think that's real. And you're like, yeah, bro. That's like part of their culture. It wasn't like this whole thing that was been Hollywoodized. And as you said, and dramatized, so people get tied into the the show, right? Like it's cool to understand the culture and things that they actually, you know, were experiencing as individuals and like what it looked like to truly be that Viking. And so when we, when we talk about that too, um, when we open up the connection to the spiritual realm, like this, this to me is one of the coolest things about Vikings. Like they were so like, I think it was part of why they were so feared because their value for the spiritual world was so deeply connected that everything was like, well, well, I'm, that is where I'm meant to be. If that's where I'm meant to be like, and so they were so feared because there wasn't any fear on the battlefield for them right? They were like so deeply connected spiritually, but that also played a lot into their tribal life when they were home, when they were just within their communities too. And what did that look like when they started to connect with the gods, with the runes and and explain a little bit of that basis to people who might not be well uh, versed in understanding that aspect to the Vikings? Yeah, I think there's, um, and I learned a lot of this from, uh, from Kadrick Olson, who's actually going to come to, come to my event. And I've been learning from different people. So in no way am I a runes expert yet, but I've learned enough to, how do I apply certain things to my life? And, and the, the gods, the way that they looked at the gods, these different characters like Odin, like Thor, like Freya, um, uh, you know, in the runes, they, it was like archetypes. It was ways of not just, oh, these are actual gods. And some of them didn't believe they were actual gods, but they were archetypes. They were ways of bringing these into their life to, to help influence their spirit and help influence their decisions. And when things would ha- happen randomly in life, uh, then the gods wanted this and this God wanted that, right? It was a way of them being able to use as archetypes in their life to make decisions and to live their life. Um, so I, I, I'm only going to speak to like what I've learned from, from the gods. And I, and I told you, like I use, I've got this Viking Oracle deck that I pull probably once or twice a week. 
uh, I'll pull for friends as well or coaching clients. Sometimes they're going through something and we're like working through some stuff. I'll pull some cards and these are so fun. They're like these gorgeous, gorgeous cards that, that have the different gods or the different runes on them. And so I'll show somebody, uh, the runes are different cards. Like Ansu's is a, Ansu's is a, um, a rune and Uru's is one that I, so I was telling you that I was praying to Uru's and bringing Uru's forth, which is about personal power and showing up, bringing your personal power to the front. I talked about Uru's. I did a little prayer before we had our, our session here to, to ask Uru's to, Hey, thank you for being here with me. Thank you for helping bring my personal power through. So it's that archetype and that thinking of like, okay, cool. I'm going to pull upon that magic, that power inside of me and bring that forth into this. And hopefully it's going to reach a lot of people and people will connect to it. So I've been playing with runes and um, not like a scrambling mole and throwing them on my desk and like that's going to become my day. It's more about um, in my business, asking Urus, asking Odin, who's the, the fa- all father, the father of wisdom in many, in many things, sometimes chaos as well, asking for help in attracting the right people into my business, the right people that are win-win where who have the, the money to to pay me for my services and equal exchange of value, but also the people that are really, I'm meant to help. Um, and also to let go of anything that I'm holding on to physically in this state um, that doesn't serve me anymore. And, and putting that into a rock and then throwing that into a river or into a lake, like literally like holding onto a rock, going into a meditative state, asking for help from the gods or specific runes and say, look, where where is there stuff stuck in me? Where is there stuff that's okay? I'm feeling, I'm feeling tense over here. I'm feeling tension in my back. Okay. Let's move that and push it through into this rock. And then let's do a prayer around that rock and just like put, let it go, put it in and then throw it into the lake so that the mother nature can then transmute it to something positive. These are some of the cool rituals and things I've learned from the Vikings from some people call it spells. Some people call it just magic. Other people just call it rituals that are just a cool way that other, um, tribes and other societies and other cultures did their own things, their own way. Egyptians did things their way, right? It's just another way to relate with it. But I really love that positive warrior and the fact that the Vikings were so balanced in the masculine and feminine, the the shield warriors, right? Lagratha, like the women would fight alongside the men. The women would run the household. They would run the farm. They would run everything. Yeah, the men would go explore and do their things, but the women had equal say. They, they showed up and they had equal respect there. And I think that's something beautiful for the modern men and women of this time to learn from the primal ways that we had from before. Oh, absolutely. I think that was one of the most beautiful things about the Vikings. There was a, a level of mutual respect and, and what people like, like, I, I hate, I hate to throw this term around because I think it's just used in stupid ways now, but there was true equality amongst the men and the, in the, in the women, um, in the Viking culture to a lot of extent. And the women had expectations for the men too, where it was like, Hey bro, like you need to be doing this. Like that's your expectation. I'm going to hold up my end of the bargain. You better hold up yours. Right. And there was that, that nature of equality, but also a respectful expectation between them. But that tie to the runes and tied to the gods, I think really helped them to also culturally stay connected to, you know, playing in, playing in the world of, uh, or the universe of just allowing life to be life and then to move with it. Right. And to kind of look to those rituals that helped them, uh, obtain what they desired instead of looking at the negative. At least that's what I've gained through doing my stuff. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I totally would. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. 
I think also it's really cool along those lines, like when you, when you take these ancient practices, whether you fully believe in them or not, what they're doing is helping like focus your emotions and your mental capacity towards something like more being more intentional. When you look at what the different gods stand for, these different archetypes or these different runes and what they stand for, when you're holding it or you put, you tattoo it on your body or you have it on your backpack or something, or you're just using them, it's ability to just, instead of just going out and, and, you know, saying, I have a grit and I'm going to push myself. I'm just going to, I, I, I just force things. It's a cool way of using these different old ancient traditions that they were there for a reason. Let just go, getting back in touch with that primal way can then give intention, intentionality and focus to bringing forth whatever you want in life. And it's a little different way of going about it that we're not taught in school and all that. But what if, what if there's power in these? What if there's, what if it just works for you? And you, maybe it's not Vikings. Maybe it's some, something else from the past. You, you and I are like passionate about like learning different ways of different cultures and how warriors like showed up and how they dealt with things. Many times warriors, they think warriors go out and fight and slay everybody. And in the movies, like they're, they're all bloody and they're just walking away. Many of the truths were many of the great warriors just wept right after the battle. Many of their friends were dead, you know, limbs missing. Death was all around them. They would cry and purge and get it out on the battlefield and lay it all out. It was a, okay. It was an honor to cry. It was a, it was a, it was thing that they needed to get out of their system instead of holding on to that. That's a beautiful, positive warrior. It's okay to cry. It's okay to get it out. In fact, it's, it's necessary. We've got to be able to get it out no matter what, how big the battle is yeah. that we're fighting. Yeah. And, and I think to add to that, it, it's okay to actually have feelings. Like it's okay to, to say like, yeah, I fought and I'm looked at as being this masculine dude for going out and fighting, but it sucks also to be that man. It's not fun. And I think that's a cool thing that you just shed some light on that. Not many people know, actually. So thank you for that, mm. brother. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I think I, think I may, may have shared with you like that week. I had a, a week ago, no, for a week, about a month ago, I had a whole week of purging and crying. I went to Montana. I just straight up, I had, there's some stuff I had not let go of for a while and I could built up and I just, I would get to the point where I was weeping so hard when I was taking a walk in nature, I couldn't even breathe. Just had to. Had to get it all out, and it felt so good afterwards. It was it was literally like five or six days of me every single day, random times, <laughs> just purging. And I think we all got to give ourselves that opportunity. It's okay to cry. In fact, it's really healthy and wonderful to cry and let those tears out. Yeah. As men, we gotta we gotta really hold space for each other to let that be an okay thing. No, oh hell yeah, brother! That is definitely a special place to be. Well, bro, this has been such a fun conversation. I love you so much, and. You are one of the people that I respect so much in this world. You've put together something so amazing that I want to touch on right now. Because as you guys have listened, if you've been tuning in, AJ is very diverse in his knowledge base, in his coaching technique, in how he serves people. But he's put together a special thing and kind of alluded to his desire to be a, a worldwide uh, teacher with something fun, but also something that teaches you and helps you to become that best version of yourself. You want to dive into that, AJ? Heck yeah, I do. Uh, thank you, man. And I love you too. I, I just, your energy, everything you're doing again, thank you for doing what you're doing. And we get to team up in, in this way and, and you've been a great supporter of this. So yeah. So as I was coaching, this happened two years ago um, after I'd gotten back from Norway, I, I go every year, um, pretty much. And 
I had this download of this idea to combine adventure, travel, self-discovery, self-development, spirituality with the Vikings. <laughs> and I've been to so many masterminds. You too, we're part of different groups and we learn stuff from all over the place. But like, I, I just got tired of going into like hotels and being indoors and, and I'm connecting with great people and, and people are doing some amazing events out there and, and God bless them. It's just like, I'm going to do it different. <laughs> so what I've created is something called the Viking Initiation. And it's in Norway this year, uh, September 13th through the 21st. And essentially what I'm combining together is all the best things that I've discovered after paying so lo loads of money and going lots of places in the world, attending masterminds or, or events or you know spiritual events, things like that, um, journeys, all that. And kind of removing the things I didn't like and said, well, how do I, what, what if I design something I want to go to, which essentially is this program. And we're going to be in Norway in the fjords, one of the most beautiful fjords in the world in Gudvangen, which is the Valley of the Gods. I've gone over there for the for last two years, researching, developing and building an event that has epic people. And I use the word, I don't use the word epic a lot, but this is an epic event. What I've pulled together is the ability to learn more about the Vikings history, the culture, to embody and live like a Viking for a week, to go do blacksmithing, to go row a 20-person Viking ship in the fjords of Norway with other top-level entrepreneurs, other incredible high performers, where we're all there to level up together, bringing in world-class practitioners that are going to help us learn about runes and the magic and the wisdom of the Vikings, and not just in theory, but how do we apply it to our lives and our businesses now? This is not about just learning cool things is about learning cool things and then applying it to our, to our lives. We're going to do hot seats. How do we help each other through the things, the struggles we're going through having break, uh, personal breakthroughs and some, um, you know, uh, just another peak experience. I think there's a lot of successful people out there that were in transition. People are just coming online spiritually in a lot of different ways. And so let's do the work and have fun like do the work. What I mean is like the deeper emotional work. Let's do the physical work. Let's do the, 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 the um, emotional work, spiritual work, all that in a fun place, in a fun container, in a sacred container that's in one of the most beautiful places in the world. So that's what I'm doing is bringing together people, bringing together world-class practitioners. And we're actually going to be doing the things in the more like cold plunge and, and um, sauna, you know, doing group hypnotherapy, doing group exercises and movement, playing with bow, uh, bow and arrows, playing with w swords and learning about weaponry, getting ourselves back to our primal self so that we can awaken, awaken that Viking or awaken that positive warrior within. So that's the event that I'm putting on. That's like the, the short version of it. I love it, dude. I am so excited to go. I am so excited to uh, contribute my little part to it. But you have done the legwork. You've done all of the the um, the everything to, to get this curated, to make sure it's an event worthy for people to one, invest in themselves to go to. And number two, come back and integrate, like you said, just like we've talked about in this podcast, integrating the practices from the ancestral ways to our lives now that can help us to really see and get what we desire instead of looking at what we don't have. Right. And I think it's beautiful that you've put this together. I, I highly am so much like just cannot wait for this to go on and what the people are going to like, what the people are going to receive. I know what's going to be delivered. I know you and I'm just like so excited for everybody part of it. So if you are listening to this and you want to be a part of it, we're going to drop the link in the show notes. You can go on and send in the application. This is a highly vetted curated event. You will have to fill out a, a good 
um, in processing form that AJ put together. And you'll have to get on a call. Uh, whether you want to hop on a call with AJ or hop on a call with myself, you're more than welcome to request either one. Uh, but make sure you apply to it. Make sure first you're available those dates because it's an eight day event. And make sure that you're ready to invest in yourself because everything that AJ has put into this is going back to the community that's supporting the event. It's going back to everything that you're going to receive, which it's pretty much all inclusive except for flights, right? Uh, yeah. for, the, for the most part. So just got to get yourself there. Get there, yep. which actually uh, plane tickets ain't that expensive, guys. So th- literally, I would, I would seriously highly be looking at this. So if this appeals to you, you want to go and let's make the uh, offer out there that this also is for women. So yes, it's on the art of masculinity, but this is a man and man and woman event. And there's going to be a little bit of separation. I think the women are going to get to do some shield maiden stuff, right, AJ? Yeah, we we are. Like the the beautiful thing about this is that we ha- we already have like five or six couples going, which is going to be really cool because they wanted to grow together all as well as separate. But there's a day dedicated to the masculine container and the and the women container being separate. And doing their own activities, having their own conversations, and having all that be separate. And I'm telling you, the the, the women lineup, Johnny, is is incredible. I of course I'm excited for the men and the women, but like I'm like, damn, there's some badass women going to this. And it's been so interesting because this started as a men's event. And I was like, just something in me was like, no, we need to open this up to both. So we're gonna have a lot of fun with with both of those um th- those containers um and wonderful conversations, one wonderful um facilitation in those circles. And so like in honoring that men's circle, women's circle, what, what happens there, what is said there, separate, it's honored. Those are circles that are sacred circles that, that have to be respected. And so we're taking that very seriously. Yeah. I love it. That's going to be a big part of it. I love it. Well, again, guys, check the link, fill out the form, get on a call with AJ or myself. Let's get you guys to be part of the Viking initiation. Brother, I love you so much. You are a man amongst men. I look to you as a friend, a mentor, a guide, a brother, everything. Before we depart here, let everybody know, uh, one, where to find you, and two, if there's anything else on top of uh, the Viking initiation, they can jump in to get in your ecosystem. Awesome. Well, thank thank you for having me. I've had such a blast. Uh, we're going to have even more fun in, in September. Um, th- th- for the Viking initiations, just awakenthevikingcom Super simple. Everything is on there, awakenthevikingcom And then for me, it's uh, ajyeager.com is my website. It's got all my little links there to social media. Um, and uh, I'd love to work with anybody. If you want to uh, do a, a consultation with me, you can do a free 30-minute session with me, sign up, and we can have a conversation. So those are the best ways to get a hold of me, ajager.com, awakentheviking.com. And man, thank you. I really appreciate you. I appreciate your voice, appreciate your book, everything you're doing. I love you so much. And, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Likewise, appreciate brother. It. Thank you, man. And uh, make sure you guys check out AJ Yeager. He is awesome. Well, as always, to everybody out there, Remember that the world deserves a higher caliber of man and it's our obligation to give it to him. All right, guys. 